Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So guys, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has even listened to a second, downloaded an episode, shared it with their mates or whatever it is. The the position in the charts when at the time I'm kind of recording this is a little bit scary and I'm just very, very grateful for everyone who has supported it, shared it, whatever it may be. And they're all vanity metrics, I know, but it, it, it makes, makes this worthwhile. And if this helps one person along the way in their journey well then it was worthwhile recording and i'm really excited for today's episode so today's episode is with emma dowling so emma is at empowered underscore mama underscore on instagram she's the creator of empowered mama which is a pre and postnatal exercise she trains mainly women and she's incredible she created sweat with em and empowered retreats and she offers online programs at www.empowered.com hyphen mama.com and this is an incredible episode on kind of mindset so emma has a is, is a is a mom and she has a, an amazing son as well and this is a big episode on kind of mindset and we talk about kind of getting out of your comfort zone from kind of moving career and going in towards the fitness industry from being a late starter into or someone what someone define as a late starter going into fitness and then running the business the way it is now it's we also talk about kind of not being afraid to be different we talk about having goals and dealing with bad body days tips for moms to get things done we talk about kind of self-love clubs we talk about blogging we talk about other kind of stuff and how just by starting and figuring out what she wanted was by starting and it's a, it's a really really cool episode really really great episode to have emma on um i know a few people who have worked with emma and they've got incredible results so please do give it a listen give it a share uh and that would be amazing if you could so hope you guys enjoy the episode with emma Delling. emma thank you so much for coming on how are we shane it is such a pleasure to be on having the chat with you today thank you for asking me holding up in this uh weird time with the with the new baba as well because that i anyone who has kids during this weird time i can only i can only imagine we're holding up okay you know we've had two i feel trial runs of the lockdowns now i am definitely mentally finding this third lockdown a little bit harder to get my head around but i think it's a combination of the weather the news and stuff at the moment um so i think the people in general are maybe finding this a little bit harder and then obviously as a coach's role providing support for people um it gives us not a lot of work to do but it's a lot of um a lot of stuff to kind of help people process and be a soundboard for for our clients and that so it's it's a pretty heavy time at the moment and that's not even taken into consideration having a three-year-old here at home trying to entertain them and keep them happy and stimulated and get your work done at the same time it's it's full on yeah like i i, I agree with you there i'm finding this the third lockdown a lot tougher than the first and second i think it's either the weather or i think it's just like just done and i think it's i'm finding the balance between having to put mental health for myself first and then looking after clients are you finding that's kind of a balance for yourself that you're struggling with i totally agree with you the pandemic fatigue has completely set in um with regards to finding the balance i think that's something i've worked on a lot over the last couple of years so i'm pretty good now at kind of boxing off my emma time my mommy time my work time and that's kind of how myself and sam are coping at home at the moment you know, juggling, minding Jacob between the two of us. He's a very busy job in the fitness industry as well. Um, and then obviously me running the business and supporting my own clients. But I always think like you have to come first and your family has to come first and then and then your clients have to have to come then after that because you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't give what you don't have. So you have to look after yourself. Yeah, I think what you said there about booking Emma time, I think that's uh, I mean, that's the way things have to be done. I think we're all very good at throwing ourselves into one thing and then another thing rather than actually being sit still and kind of just take everything in and be kind of look around our surroundings. I think the, the, the barriers are blurred with what's happening. People are working from home, working in the kitchen, working in their bedroom, working in an apartment, stuck in an apartment. And I think it's important to like book in you time, whatever that you time looks like. It could be a jigsaw or a coloring book. Like it could be that simple. 
Um, Connect with a three-year-old because you've been doing jigsaws and colouring. <laughs> you can tie it in. But I totally agree with you. Just boxing off that time is just so important and taking it and not letting anything disturb. But I think especially from like a mum or maybe a female point of view, you, you might be sitting down reading your book and you're like, okay, this is my time. And then you look up and it's like, oh, the dishwasher needs to be emptied. Oh, I should, I need to order whatever online or, you know, you need to like really focus and put the phone away and just, you know, let everything else go to hell. It doesn't matter. Like the house isn't going to fall down around you. It'll be fine. Yeah. I think what you just said there about priorities and kind of ranking in priorities, I think it like, is the house going to burn down? No. Is anyone going to die? No. Well, hopefully not. But you know what I mean? It's about kind of putting, yeah. labeling it in, in, in terms of importance. The you, you predominantly work on kind of like moms and ladies and uh, sweat with them. And I know one of your clients quite well. How did the whole idea of coaching moms and ladies kind of come about? Was it kind of a natural progression for yourself or was it kind of like an epiphany moment one day? And then we're just like, let's do this. Um, well, I'm going to bring you right back because my background, my professional background is beauty therapy. I was 12 years working in that industry and I spent six of those years self-employed. I think at the root of what I do spanning over both my careers is I love minding women and I love helping them create some space in their life just for them and be that doing their gym session or, you know, back when I used to do beauty, was it coming for a facial or a massage or whatever? Like I just loved creating that space for them. Um, in those kind of six years that I was self-employed, I discovered CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting then. Believe it or not, I didn't do any training or sports before I was 23 years of age. And um, that was a massive, yeah, life-changing experience, I suppose, finding training and weightlifting in that. And then over the years, then I decided to do a personal training course, but more for my own training. I never really thought I'd become a personal trainer. I just kind of wanted to know more. And then being a personal trainer kind of happened by accident. I'd say I was doing this course in my beauty therapy room with my clients and then they'd be hiring me as their personal trainer. And it kind of just happened like that. Um, funnily enough, then I went on to start a food blog. Like I absolutely hate cooking, but I just felt I needed to just start doing something. I needed to start a blog. And um, that was kind of what I chose to do, which is really funny. But um, I needed to start blogging, writing, building online presence and wait until my thing presented itself. Um, and that thing was when I became pregnant with my son, Jacob. And simply there was no information on how to train. There was no community for me to train with pre or post pregnancy. And I was really lost. And I basically just built what I wanted. And that was how the Empowered Mama came about. Um, at the time as well, kind of just before that, I was very uninspired with the Irish personal training and fitness industry. Um, I felt that to be a successful personal trainer, it seemed that you had to be a bodybuilder, you had to have a library of clients' transformation pictures, and you had to do a lot of work for free. And then you would maybe be able to make some kind of a living out of it. So it was kind of just waiting for my niche and finding my own way because that other way just wasn't for me. And I remember at the time just being so conflicted over that you know I was just always thinking god there must be another way like this is madness what people are doing I don't want to be a bodybuilder I want to be a personal trainer I can relate so much to that from in relation to thinking you have to do or look a certain way to be a PT or be successful but I think what from talking to Julie who's one of the girls that you work with it's the human side which I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize or a lot of coaches may forget is the human side that a lot of people will buy into. And I think that's why you're so successful in what you're doing in relation to that. And it is finding a niche and finding it. Like I remember when I first started, it was, oh, I'm going to get lads jacked. And I, my first two clients were lads and I got them jacked. <laughs> but I was, but because I was teaching classes and majority of classes would be like 95% would be girls. Mm -hmm. and then they'd be looking for coaching and then accidentally it was like right I'm going to be coaching ladies for the rest 
of this. And I, I think I have one male coach and the rest of them are, or one male client and the rest of them are females. Okay. Um, so it's predominantly female. So I found my niche and it was completely yeah. accidental. It was just kind of like, right, I'm going to work with everyone and try and find a niche after that. And it was ladies with amenorrhea, PCOS, postnatal, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it, it's, I think it's a credit to yourself and that you've kind of figured out and just kind of shown up. You've tried different things. I think a lot of people are afraid to try. We're talking off air. Like it, it leads into the first question, which is the comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. With the blog, you did videos. I was talking about the first podcast episodes. Like how, like what what lessons have you learned about yourself kind of during this weird time in the last few years about kind of getting out of your comfort zone? Um, well, I always think of like outside my comfort zone as my stretch zone and I actually just love being in there. Like it's a little bit scary, but if I'm in my stretch zone, like I am right now, I am learning. I know that it's not going to be perfect, but I know that it will get better every time that I do it. And I think particularly in 2020, one of the biggest learnings that I've, you know, discovered is that it does not have to be perfect. And that goes for work, training, your house, your image. Good enough is enough. Perfection is a load of balls. Like, what even is that? What does that look like? It changes constantly. It's different for every person. So we're striving for this thing that isn't something tangible that we can even pinpoint. Like, it's it's constant like the stress of that like let it go do your best show up see what happens if an opportunity comes your way grab it if it doesn't work out no big deal move on no one is going to be judging you and if they are judging you if people are standing it is because they are afraid they are not doing it and we don't care what those people think yeah, I can. Yeah, I think, I think what you said there about kind of perfection being balls uh, is sums it up. Like, so, so perfection doesn't really exist. Like, it's it's subjective to everyone. Like, everyone wants to, everyone wants to look a certain or a different way, or wants to feel a different way, or wants a different wealth bracket or whatever it may be. We all want these different things, but more often than not, we just prefer to sit where we are and rather than actually try. Like, if you're not going to try what's the what's the point in giving out and making yourself miserable because you'll end up doing what you value more and if you're valuing giving out and kind of like analyzing people and making comments on people you value that more than actually putting yourself first and kind of getting up and doing what you want like we've mm-hmm. both had different careers before all of this but mm-hmm. we decided to take the risk and kind of branching out and kind of trying to try it and if it didn't work out it doesn't like so be it we can always go back if we needed it exactly and yeah that's exactly it and the amount of times I've thought that in whatever I'm doing excuse me is there's always a safety net there like you can always go back and that's what I love about that kind of stretch zone analogy I kind of feel like it's very easy to step back into your comfort zone do you know it's not a million miles out of it it's just stretching out a little bit how does this feel out here and the comfort zone will just get bigger and bigger do you know and the stretch zone will change as well then and that's how we grow and that's how we learn and I think everybody no matter what field you're in or what you're doing you have to keep growing and evolving and learning because you just become so stagnant and stuck I think otherwise yeah you won't like you won't move if you're comfortable I think that has to kind of play an element of it. Like you're not going to move if you're just going to be comfortable all the time. And if you're comfortable, amazing. But and if you're but if you're watching other people are living what you think what you want to do, you're better off kind of like trying it at least. And if you fail, you fail. Um, like most people actually don't give a shit what you do. No, that's the thing. We we spend so much time worrying about what people think. People aren't thinking about you. People don't give a shit. People are thinking about themselves. And that's perfectly okay. That's what we should be thinking about, you know? So I think that's such a liberating thought, you know? Obviously, there's things that I have not had to do, but things I've had to do for my business that I'm like, oh my God, this is desperately uncomfortable. I'm not going to be good at this. But like... Let's do it, you know? 
How do you find the the videos and kind of that kind of element of kind of talking to camera and all kind of social media pressure and all that kind of thing for growing a business? Because there's so many people doing it now. Yeah. Do, you feel, do you feel it's a pressure to kind of stand out or do you feel it's a pressure to be to be Emma? No, there's no pressure at all. Like I am completely myself on camera, so there's no pressure. And if people like it, great. And if people don't, no big deal. Like you're not no not everybody's gonna like you. I said this to one of my friends the other day. I was like, you can be the biggest, juiciest, ripest peach, and there'll still be someone who doesn't like peaches. And that's perfectly okay. And do you know, it's very exhausting to try and be somebody else and have a persona, I suppose. Like, I am totally myself online. And maybe that my, my content sometimes isn't completely, like, routine and consistent because I don't want it to be like that because that's not me, do you know? And, um, yeah, it kind of is what it is, do you know, yeah. with me. Yeah, I think like it, it can be difficult to stay true to yourself though with social media and podcasts or whatever it may be because there's so many different opinions kind of coming in. If you're looking at other people and how they're doing things, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, right, that's working for them. So am I going to rob that or am I going to stay true to myself? And it's kind of like when you are actually true to yourself, that's when you find you get the most interaction or the most comments back or the the kind of the DMs are a little bit more more authentic and you've actually hit hit home with someone i think Mm -hmm. rather trying to fit into what potentially one of the influencers doing or whatever it may be um the big thing about kind of not being afraid to be different i think that's a huge thing with what we were kind of talking about a second ago but it's also being afraid of being the same as everyone else can you like you that was an amazing post that you put up can you kind of expand on this a little bit more yeah so I suppose um, what makes us different makes us interesting and if all of our stories, all our decisions, our risks and our ideas were the same, like how boring and uncreative would everything be, be it our social media profiles, our businesses, our lifestyle choices, whatever, you know, don't follow the crowd and uh, don't you know see a business and try and replicate that say like I love that idea I love what he or she is doing but how can I make that my own how can I bring something a little bit different to the market to like mix it up for everyone because that makes the person who you are replicating that makes them better and then they just start thinking outside the box and it's kind of this you know lovely cycle I suppose that we go on like I love competition in, in my business. I love seeing other people, you know, trying to do what I'm doing or something similar to it because I thrive on it. It makes me better. When I see someone else doing well, I'm like, you got to keep working, Emma. you got to stay ahead of the game. That pushes me on every single day. You know, I get up and I want to be the best, but not perfect at what I can bring to the market. And anything else is boring. Don't bore me by copying other people's businesses. Yeah, I think that 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 does irritate. You can see the likes. I know you have a quote. One of the next questions is a quote from James Smith, and I think that's the biggest pet peeve of his is, or one of the pet peeves, um, is that people are just copying and trying to be the next James Smith. But that's James. That's not anyone else. Um, and people will will figure that out eventually. That it is in you. You're just trying to be something else that you're not. And mm-hmm. if you're authentic over time, that will sink in for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In relation to one of the quotes that kind of think, did James say it in his book or did he say it on a podcast? I'm not sure where he said it. I think he just said it on his stories one day, and I just thought, oh my god, that is just like I honestly. <laughs> I don't want to be one of these James Smith fangirls, but I think he just speaks so much sense. I don't agree with everything he says, but a lot of what he said is just so much sense and just put so brutally honest, you know, it's great. Um, so that was one thing he said in the stories and it was just like, oh my God, my drop, that was brilliant. Yeah, so like what the quote that kind of, that was said was owning what you have is way more attractive and important than spending your life worrying about what you don't have. And I think this weird time is making people potentially think about things a little bit more and also realize what they actually truly want to do. But as we've kind of spoken about already, like most people actually won't go and do what they want to do. It's difficult to move. If you've been in a career for 10 years and to get out of that and get out of that headspace and trying to do something on your own, 
it's not going to be easy. Um, have you got any advice that's kind of anyone potentially looking to move or change career or any of that kind of thing? Because from someone who's done it, I think it's important yeah. to everyone is different. Everyone is different and everyone's situation is different. We have to respect that. Like I love James Smith's story, but he was like a 20 something year old with no family, no mortgage, no responsibility. Like it was obviously a big deal for him to leave his job and, you know, travel or whatever, but also kind of easy for him to do that. There was no strings attached. Off you go, mate. Like you're grand. Do you know? And if it doesn't work out, you can go home to your mom's house. Do you know? Yeah. For maybe, you know, especially my audience, a lot of them are, you know, might have children or relationships and houses and big commitments, maybe minding parents at home, all of this kind of stuff. It's much harder. Do you know, we have to acknowledge that, you know, not everyone can just drop everything and be like, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, I'm done with this. It's boring, whatever. I want to get out of my comfort zone. But it is doable, I suppose, if you you know, come up with a plan, maybe you might need to go back to college or retrain or something like that, do night courses, like it's going to take a lot of work, like it's a, it's a big deal, but if you really want to, you can do it, and what I've talked about before is having like a safety net, so, you know, when I was coming out of the beauty industry, I didn't just like close the door in my salon one day and be like, oh, done with that, I can't, like I started doing a little bit of personal training on the side and just eked off the beauty therapy side of things and eventually the personal training just took over and then it was like okay guys I'm not taking appointments anymore this is I can't do this anymore like it got to the point when Jacob was born that I was personal training in the morning so i be down at the gym at kind of five, do my personal training clients. Then I'd be mommy for the day and then he'd go to bed at seven and I'd start beauty therapy clients in the evening. And that went on for months, you know, and but that was what it took for me to be able to make that transition. So it's going to be a lot of work. It is possible if you want it badly enough, you, you can do it. But God, you got to be, got to be ready to work. Are you glad that you had those kind of like few months of kind of like the having to 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 bust it and bust hard for those few months and make you appreciate it a little bit more yeah yeah I like I love the hustle I know that sounds ridiculous but like I love working really hard when I know what I'm working towards it doesn't bother me I, I will literally just go for it you know if I know what I'm working for bring it on like you know I always think like I might not be the personal trainer or the beauty therapist who was the best. I might not have had all of the knowledge, but it would be very hard to outwork me when I'm in that zone. And that is always one of my trump cards, I think. I think it's also important, like if any PTs are listening to this, like you don't need <laughs> to know everything. You're never going to know everything anyway. Like yeah, there's so much changes. It changes all the time. Like if you look back and a few years ago, protein was bad for you. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, carbs are bad for you, supposedly as well, which they're not. Um, <laughs> so I think it is important. Like it's funny you mentioned the hustle because some people hate it. A lot of like people who, yeah, I don't think people, I don't think some people understand or like the hustle. I kind of get a thrive off it, but I think that's because I was in sales beforehand. So okay. kind of KPIs, KPIs, KPIs yeah. coming out of my ears. Oh, uh, so kind of like I'm that way driven, but I know that that's what that what triggers me, and I know that's what uh, pushes me to what I want to do. It's important that you've mentioned about having when you're in that zone and about having your why. I think that's really important for people now to actually understand what is their why, why they mm -hmm. want to do something. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. But how did you lock into what that why is? Because so many people are saying, oh, I just want to lose weight. But that isn't, enough, that isn't a big enough why for a lot of people because they're like, mm -hmm. as soon as one day goes off or one meal goes off, they yeah. go off. Yeah, well, that's when they need, when it's from, from like a weight loss point of view or like a body composition or a health point of view, that's when they need a really good system in place, I suppose, and support. Mm -hmm. From a business point of view, um, I don't know if I'm doing it the right way, but I just come up with an idea and I literally run at it like full tilt. My poor husband, sometimes he is just like, oh my God, she is going to die like, during this. But, um, 
I think, um, yeah, I think once you find your why, you just really have to keep going for it and find a way. Yeah, I think having a why is so important. I think a lot of people are afraid to almost soul search to find that why. Like I was talking to one of my clients this morning over in Australia and uh, we we're kind of reviewing it after like 12 weeks to kind of dig into like what is the next goal. And I kind of, she kept giving an answer. I was like, why, why? why why she's like Shane shut up I'm like no we need to figure it out so on the fifth it's hard to find that it's very difficult to find that it is especially on the spot and then the fifth why she was like I haven't seen my family in X amount of time I want to come back to Ireland when we can feeling the best I can I was like right there's the why there you go that's it it has to be something like has to be something big a lot of the time doesn't it it has to be an emotional attachment I think particularly if from working with a lot of like parents it's normally something to do with i want to be able to kick a football with my son or mm-hmm. dance around with my daughter or whatever maybe and lift yeah. them up without having back pain or something like that mm-hmm. and something so small can have a massive impact because it, it's it's not it's not easy um and i think it's important just to kind of latch on to something and i think it's important to almost write it down or else if you're visual or in, in any way have it on your phone or have it on a mirror or have it on the presses or somewhere yeah. to have yeah because i know that i like will have post-its all over the house with like whatever <laughs> they're working towards like and random so, numbers and stuff <laughs> is there any kind of quote that you kind of go by oh no it depends it depends on what you may find me in <laughs> Uh, there's so many I think the the main one that kind of hits me is uh, either he or she who has a why will overcome anyhow okay uh, or else what's meant for you won't pass you by yeah love that Um, in relation to kind of like you talk about reading so much Mm. reading is like your second child Um, where like it's important to have somewhere to go and your go to is kind of like your chill out time is reading what are kind of the main, like maybe two or three books? It doesn't matter what background, if they're mindset, fiction, yeah. Harry Potter, Roald Dahl, doesn't matter what they are. I love reading. I always think reading is just like, you know, an ability to escape to another world. I always think no matter what happens, if I have a book with me, I'll be grand. I'll be fine. Um, but books that I, my top books, I suppose, from like a self-development point of view would be Atomic Habits. I absolutely love that book. And I think all coaches and all people wanting to make change in their life it's a really good read I actually listened to that on audible and I found it great and the four hour work week I actually really enjoyed as well I think coaches can take something from that now I think working four hours a week is a little bit unrealistic but there's certainly things about you know getting systems in place and stuff I learned a lot of that kind of aspect of business and mindset from that book and then fiction books I eat these up so it was kind of hard to pick um but I love The Nightingale is a book that I read actually in the first big lockdown by Christian Hannah and I loved that book and um, so that will definitely be up there for my favorite fiction I've read two of those Atomic Habits is above my head four hour work weeks above my head but I think the title for four hour work weeks a lie um <laughs> it's an absolute lie but it is like some of it's outdated but it is kind of like the one thing I took from it anyway was um kind of putting the same tasks together so it saves you time so say if i'm doing like the accounts every month or whatever it is rather than doing them as i go put them all together so it only takes me like an hour and something so simple saves me like four hours during the month isn't it brilliant and it's like you can sit down and just properly focus and get it done and then it's done yeah and i think i think that's what some people could do while they're at home rather than scrolling and watching other people is kind of honing in and saying right i'm going to do this for like two or three hours of kind of core work Mm-hmm. rather than kind of taking a break every 10 minutes to watch TikTok or floss. Oh my God, that's a, such a big thing that I learned in lockdowns and stuff as well, because obviously our work windows are so small with a small kid at home that it's like when you sit down to work, it's like phone away, work mode is on. You can get so much done when you're not constantly scrolling and been like, oh, I'll have a coffee. And, you know, when you just sit down and like beast through the work, it's like, oh, that's done now. That's great. Let's get on with our, let's get on with our life. <laughs> Yeah, I think with the, I always kind of like, if someone says they haven't got time, I kind of question a little bit more and kind of say, right, well, how much, check your screen time or check your phone time from yesterday and see what it's like. It's like, yeah, four hours. All right, well, we can definitely tweak something there. And yeah, we could probably make some time. I hate that I don't have time. It's like, no, you're not making time. It's yeah. not a priority to you. You need to make this a priority. 
yeah and i think it's also important to kind of say right you you're saying that we're super busy and with some of some of us attached the whole i'm busy and stressed as a, like an identity and they wear it as a badge of honor and then other things kind of sink or things aren't prioritized and there's definitely gonna be times where that happens or we need to push certain elements but i think it's finding a certain balance for yourself or whatever that looks like if you're like if you're tired all the time and then you've got your phone or your laptop in your room there's a hint there to try and get it out yeah uh it's completely up to it's 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 everyone will kind of be watching social media but one of the big things i think a lot of people have got triggered by this and i think a lot of people uh from working with, with people in particular is kind of like from looking at social media they're they're almost look some people can can be looking at someone else's profile and say i want to look like this and then they're getting triggered when they look at themselves and having a bad body day mm. you wrote an amazing post on this about kind of like how to rephrase bring the body bring the body positivity and kind of removing the blur feeling how do you the blur feeling how do you kind of rephrase that stuff for yourself and how do you bring empathy towards yourself on that side of things yeah well like and i think everyone has a bad body day you know everybody has it no matter what you know they're what they look like or whatever and when I speak about my body, I always talk about it in the third person, which might sound mad, but like I'll always talk about my body as she and what she does for me. And that really helps me to, you know, just be so much more kinder and empathetic towards my body because I talk about it as if I'm speaking to my friend or I'm speaking to myself as a small child. And if, you know, little M came into me and was like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty blurred today. Um, I don't feel that I look the part for my job or this brand's clothing doesn't look great in me and they want me to promote it. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just feel awful. I wouldn't turn around and be like, yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking the actual state of you, like, who do you think you are? Like, you need to sort this out. You call yourself a trainer. Are you having a laugh? Like, that's not what you're going to say to a small kid. Like, that's absolutely heartbreaking to think of that. So don't say it to yourself, you know, all you can do is your best. All you, you know, we have to accept how we are. Like, I'm not into this whole self-love club. I think that's honestly a load of crap because it's very difficult to love, to truly love every facet of yourself. But acceptance is so important. This in this moment is how I am. This in this moment is how I look. And this is what I have to work with. So I may as well embrace it. If I need to make some changes, let's start doing that, but in a very kind and compassionate way. Small, you know, simple changes. And we will get to where maybe you do feel more confident, more attractive, whatever it is that you're looking for. But, you know, I just think self-acceptance is just so, so important. Um, I actually put this in at the end of one of my emails the other day um, to some of my clients and it was about that self-love club and how I just don't even, I don't want to be in it. <laughs> and the end of it was, um, I am an imperfect woman who knows she is worthy, if not of self-love, then self-acceptance of every facet of herself, the good, the bad and the ugly. Acceptance of who she is, what she has. And who knows she is enough exactly as she is despite her deficiencies and regardless of her past choices. Even accepting the tiny part of her do, who does not always believe that. And that is who I am. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah it's interesting with the self-love club. Because I think when people think of self-love, they're like, oh, I have to accept every single thing on my body. I have to think everything except, except everything that I'm doing as like, this is amazing and most sugar candies and rainbows. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about kind of latching on to one part of it and starting from there. So like particularly if you don't are not comfortable with how you feel in the mirror and clothes or whatever it may be, try to rephrase it and bring up a positive affirmation. So rather than saying like, oh, I feel fat, well, fat's not a feeling. No. Fat's an emotion. Fat's yeah. There's an underlying emotion behind that. Fat is the blur. Uh, and it's like, it's an attaching a, a, a label, attaching a word to that. It's not a feeling. So feeling is like a sad or a lonely or anything like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fat's not, it's 
it's like a discomfort but it's, it's, it's like a negative connotation towards something and we just put this word of it's like attaching another label of like fat or skinny beside something because so many people think that they that they'll be happy when they get to a certain goal that oh if i get skinny rather than being fat i'll be happier and that's not necessarily the truth from someone myself who has been i don't know 14 kilos heavier but someone who has also been 15 kilos lighter it's like i was miserable either end okay so it has to be somewhere in the middle i'm so i think extremes are very very easy in this industry when moderation yeah. extremes are very easy they're they're and i think yeah they're very easy and they're seen a lot i suppose but neither of them are um attain not attainable um like you can like if you're a certain size if you're like you know 15 kilos lighter than i suppose the body weight that your body wants to be at like you can't hold on to that forever like that's not gonna last um so you need to be able to accept yourself where your body is at and your body is at whatever size it is but also health and that a lot of the time because of the choices that we make and we are in total control of that yeah i think when when people kind of realize that we are in control and we have to stop almost playing a victim card for a lot of things obviously there's people who have mental health issues there's people who have eating disorders and please go and talk to the proper professionals on that side of things but i think a lot of people just once things don't go right one day the toys go out of the pram a little bit and that's not me sitting on an ivory tower i've been there i've yeah. been in the depths and it's too easy to say oh poor me yeah it is but i think that's when these these guys need a really good coaching community around them to be like you know like that's part of the journey journey like if the client message me is like oh i had a terrible food day yesterday i'm like you know what like but you had like five really good days before that so like that's kind of part of it like every day can't be good so like let's just leave it there and move on and let's have a better day today and as i always say it's just one healthy choice at a time that's all you can do and like what happened yesterday like leave it do you know it's like let's not let's not ruin the whole journey because of one bad day yeah. bad days are part of the journey do you know yeah. if you if someone was like oh my god you know emma i just did your 12-week challenge every day was 100 percent. all my training done macros on point whatever i'd be like oh god we have an issue do you know do you know i i love to see that healthy balance do you know it's great that's part of life yeah, it has to be like, I think anyone can do, say, so like a four week or eight week kind of transformation thing. And everyone's kind of like, we use photos and stuff for marketing and all that kind of stuff. But you don't necessarily see this habit changes behind it. You don't see the off days. You see the highlight reel. Uh, mm. I think it's important to say, right, life is too short for a life without chocolate or ice cream. 100%. Oh my God, I'd be so sad. I love chocolate and ice cream. I always think of that. Um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's like, you know, at your funeral, they're not going to be like Emma Dowling, you know, she's a six pack, size eight, could, you know, yeah. deadlift X, Y, and Z. Again, people don't care. People care that you're a nice person, that you give them support, that you're empathetic, that you were there for them when they needed somebody to pull them through whatever they were going through, big or small, that you were a great friend, a great sister or brother or whatever like that is what matters you know and if you can do that in a healthier body great and you know what it's not for everybody as well and you know we need to acknowledge that too but i obviously would love everybody to be healthier yeah i think health is so subjective to every single person like if you're healthy mentally and like potentially feeling a little bit uh, or being a little bit kind of overweight or whatever me and you're happy 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 days and if you're feeling at a certain weight or whatever may i hate attaching a weight to happiness i really really do i hate attaching a size or clothes to happiness yeah how do you kind of work with the girls on your end with kind of like working around the headspace around the the, the scales and stuff because i think that's a huge element particularly for girls i know it's an element for lads as well but particularly yeah. for girls um, it depends on the client. So some, you know, clients will have backgrounds with eating disorders and some people just don't like the weighing scales and they, if they come to me and say, 
I felt really great this morning and then I weighed myself and it was X and then I felt really crap for the rest of the day. I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe let's go off photographs or something like that or, you know, we'll change it. Like, personally, I don't weigh myself. Like, I very, very rarely will step on the weighing scales um, because it's more about how I feel. But again, I have, you know, a huge amount of knowledge from my background in competitive Olympic weightlifting and stuff like that. Like I can generally guesstimate my body weight pretty, pretty easily. So it very much depends on the time. Some of the girls like get really driven, you know, working on the scales and they feel they have a really healthy relationship with that. So I'm totally fine with them weighing themselves maybe on a weekly basis. If someone said like I'm jumping onto the scales three times a day, obviously an arm bells, like that's not what we want. Um, but I think it's finding the healthy balance for each individual. And that comes, you know, the same with them um, tracking macros or maybe intuitive eating, whatever suits. Like it's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all for each person. I'm so happy you said that. About the cookie cutter. <laughs> that cookie cutter thing pisses me off so much. <laughs> it angers me so, so much. Like here's your generic meal plan and go away and don't feel at all. It's kind of like, well, I you're don't right. feel, yeah. Do not come to me with any problems. Don't feel. <laughs> just go. Just fly away and never, never come back me again. But what's, meal plans. No, meal plans. I think I've had a lot of messages asking for meal plans over the last few weeks. And it's, I'm just like, no, it's not going to teach you anything. And then once you say that back to them, it's like, oh, how do you mean? I'm like, well, have you done them before? And they're like, yeah. Well, what have you learned? Nothing. <laughs> Why are you back here looking for another one? Yeah. I think That's so funny. I think it's I, it, when with the scales and one of the terms I always use with the scales is like you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos you go into a shop looking for a size 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 whatever mm-hmm. it may be oh so it's like <clears throat> moving the label or moving the the metric but it's kind of like if either metric of those are going to kind of like trigger you kind of change the metric again and with the photos and stuff the photos are a big thing for a lot of people I know when I've had coaches taking the first photo, you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is going to hurt. But it's kind of like, you know, it's funny when you kind of have clients and they're reluctant to take the photos at the beginning and they're like, right, take the photo. You don't have to send it to me, but please take the photo. And then yeah. six months later, they're like, I'm so glad I took the photo. I know, I know. And that's, I always say to my clients, I'm like, I don't want to see your photos. Your photos are for you send them to me if you are completely comfortable doing that but this is not something that you have to send to me like I really feel they have to take ownership over their own journey a lot of the time as well like I'm perfectly happy to guide them and be there for them and you know answer questions and all that kind of stuff but ultimately me having their photos and stuff like it shouldn't really make that much of a difference because why should they care what I think do you know it's how yeah. they feel, how they feel in their clothes that matters, not, oh my God, I don't want to let my coach down. Like, do you know, I have to send her in my next set of photos. Like, I just personally am into that as a coach. Yeah, I think I, I've had that as well recently with the whole thing of why I don't want to let my coach down. I'm kind of like, well, well, how are you letting me down? Like, you, it's not possible to let me down. Like, the only thing that's, you're not letting anyone down. You just potentially just need to have a little bit more empathy towards yourself and say, right, let's just show up a little bit more often. Yeah, definitely exactly and that's it it's just showing up it's really showing up as often as you can do you know and that's why i always use that phrase one healthy choice at a time do you know and one, one meal at a time yeah and you know instead of you know sitting down at six o'clock to watch the news or whatever maybe just do a quick walk around the block and then come in and sit down like it's really small little changes can make such an impact it's unbelievable and I think that's very hard for it's a hard sell as well as a coach isn't it um yeah because they want they want oh i want this uh, i want the flat stomach abs and i want the transformations you know i'm like it's i'm not the coach for you if that's what you're looking for I'm not. no get, yeah, yeah so fly, fly it's, away it's more consistent consistency it's a hard one to sell yeah people yeah. don't like it no every people don't like the word the c word i came constantly pretty effective yeah she's like <laughs> consistency people are afraid of it <laughs> um people just don't want to do it their marketing and fitness and stuff is quite clever in that it will go it will trigger pain points and you'll reach for d 
detox teas and skinny teas and waist trainers and swimming clubs. And I'm like, oh, please stop. Please, please. I think we're kind of moving past that though, aren't we? Are we I'd, not? No, I don't think so. Maybe I'm just not seeing it in my bubble. Like if there's anything in my social media that I don't like, I literally am like unfollow, unfollow. So I don't see it. But no, we're still there. That's that's disappointing. I just, it's, it's just kind of like the... Okay. There's, a, there's a reason why like 86 or 88 percent of people fail on cinema clubs mm-hmm. uh, and the, their md has come out with that stat wow that's their business model they don't oh, teach you okay. and that, keep coming back yeah yeah um like there, if, if cinema clubs will work for people amazing but the vast majority of people don't really succeed on them they keep going back and expecting different results they don't get educated on the fluctuations particularly girls the fluctuations and the, the scales you're high fived when you're when you're down and ridiculed when you're up and mm-hmm. it, it's there's no emotional attachment, there's no education provided. Um and that's I think that's that's what you provide and that's why I kinda you said like I don't do cookie cutter plans. I don't do like four week ab thing in my bobs or whatever they're called. Um, no. it's about <laughs> understanding the person. I think that's huge. It and, is. Yeah. Um, it's such a huge thing and you've said that you know we've talked a little bit about having empathy and stuff and um, it's something that I've had to work so much on over the last few years and um, like I think a lot of people will kind of describe me well I don't think I've heard people describe me being, you know very pragmatic you know very kind of blunt um, but I think so empathy is something that I've kind of had to learn, I suppose, as I've got a little bit older. You know, I was quite a closed off kind of cold person in my early 20s. And I think I was hardened by a lot of my kind of life experiences up to that. So my thinking for my problems and other people's problems was they come and say, Emma, you know, X, Y and Z has happened. I'd be like, right, let's get on with it. You know, let's just box that up and off we go. <laughs> So, and obviously that's not ideal. So listening, hearing, acknowledging people's problems and challenges and their pain, saying thank you to them for sharing it with you. Like I feel so privileged as a coach that people will tell you things that they might not tell other people and supporting them and feeling with them, you know, which is really hard to do. Like it's a very vulnerable choice, especially if you have as a coach your own stuff that still needs to be unpacked. But that's what fuels the connection that we need with our clients and with our audiences. And ultimately that's what our livelihood depends on connection. You can be the best personal trainer in the world with this amazing program, the best meal plan ever. (laughs) And it won't work because if you don't have connection, do you know? Yeah. It comes back to the human side. I think people will buy into the human and then once they see that you're not, here's your chicken and broccoli diet and have no fun and all this kind of stuff. And people, people query why the why don't they look like that person afterwards? You're like, well, that person has potentially juiced themselves to the hilt as well, but they've also potentially been weight training for say 15, 20 years. It's uh, it's understanding kind of like educating and empathy towards you and yourself and understanding and buying into the human. I think that's, if you're, if someone's looking for a coach, you have to buy into the coach. You have to buy into the human aspect of them and they're not going to be Billy Bootcamp. Some people like Billy Bootcamp. There's nothing wrong with Billy yeah. Bootcamp. Um, I, if I was teaching a class, I'd be Billy Bootcamp. But if I was teaching, a, if I was coaching a client online, I wouldn't be Billy Bootcamp. Yeah. Uh, it's two different things. Some people love to be screamed at. And I always found it difficult when I was doing one-to-one clients. It's like, why do you want me to scream at you? I'm not going to scream at you. It's like <laughs> something else going on here. Um, I'm laughing, but my Saturday sweat girls who come to my my class in Bray, they're probably like, Emma, you you like are always screaming at us on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite class to teach. Yeah. That's what they come for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think the last question I'm going to ask is like, in relation to kind of getting kind of parents and moms in particular. Is there any tips, like two or three non-negotiables that you have for yourself that kind of like just getting things done? Um, Get things done. So personally, what works for me is I go to bed early and I get up early. So I'll usually be up before um, the rest of the house is up and I will usually get my training done in that time, usually in my pyjamas before my brain has even thought about what I'm doing. The workout is done. 
Um, so I find that really great. Um, I think we need to be very realistic about our daily expectations on ourselves. Um, the to-do list as a mom, a business owner, a house manager is endless. You will not get it all done in one day. The whole thing, things won't go to plan. And that's okay. Just do do what you can. Do your best. And ask for help when things, when you cannot manage it, which happens very often in this house. There's a phone call to Nana. There's a phone call to, you know, one of my friends. I need a dig out. I can't manage here. Sam will be getting a call. You have to get home from work. I have a live class in 20 minutes. And Jacob is like running around like a lunatic. I cannot do this. Um, so asking for help. My... Thing that I always say to myself is I am only one person with two hands. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I think that I really like the last one um, about kind of just uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think that goes for everything really. I think it goes for mental health or every sort of every sort of aspect in life kind of revolves around that. Like no man is an island. No man or woman. I better not be sexist. No man or woman <laughs> is an island. That's how PC the world has gone. <laughs> I can't even say that sentence. Oh gosh! Uh, yeah. So yeah, no man or woman is an island. I think you you you're better off having two or three people that you can lean on rather than having. And I think it's important to say that everyone has someone. Um, they may have potentially burned a few bridges or whatever like that, but everyone has someone along the way that they can potentially mm-hmm. reach out to. Um, and it's just potentially leaving the ego at the door and like checking in on people as well. Um, I know one of the things. And I think as well, it's you know you have to be that person to them as well. It's not one way, and it's such a privilege like to be that person as well. Do you know, like I've one or two friends who know everything, and if anything's going on, I'll be straight on the phone to them. And it's the same vice versa. Like it's just I I, I sometimes wonder, am I so lucky to have those kind of connections with people? But um. I, I don't take it for granted. I think we need to really treasure the people in our lives and the people who are precious to us and they will mind us, but we need to mind them as well. It's a two-way thing. Yeah, I think it, exactly. And I think it's not taking it for granted. Like I know if I go quiet, my best mate's straight on the phone. He's like, are you okay? Mm. Um, the people around you know you better than you. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like you're in my head. Please get out. <laughs> um so emma where can people find out about yourself where can people work with you where can they find sway with em uh, and all that kind of thing so uh, my instagram is usually a pretty good place to start so that's at empowered underscore mama underscore and then i have my website www.empowered-mama.com and yeah so that's a pretty good place to find me and you know if i can help you with anything just drop me an email or a dm and um yeah, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. It will most likely be an audio with my kids screaming in the background at the moment, but I will get back to you. <laughs> oh, guys, I, I highly recommend Emma. from from She's working with one of the, the girls I know at the minute and to say things have changed and like incredible transformation, incredible work with uh, with Julie and stuff. And I'm excited for when when it, hopefully the wedding can go ahead um, in March. And well, so. I, I, bloody hell, I hope crashes work too hard uh, for not to. But uh, Emma, thank you so much for coming on, having a chat and being so honest and open and uh, no BS, which always works. <laughs> oh, Shane, thanks for having me on. It was a lovely way to spend my morning. So thanks a million. It's been great. So guys, if you've enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag Emma and I up on your story. If you're interested in work with Emma, please do click the links in the write-up and pop her a DM if you want. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for listening.